Before we get to the podcast, I wanted to make sure that you knew that my online knee course with Lenny Macrina is on sale for $200 off this week. If you want to learn exactly how to evaluate and treat the knee, you're going to love our comprehensive course where we cover our clinical examination, exercise progressions, and specific information on ACL, meniscus, patellofemoral, articular cartilage, osteoarthritis, and so much more. Plus, you can earn a ton of CEU credit. The course is on sale this week for $200 off. Head to MikeReynolds.com slash knee for more information and to sign up today. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show, we talk about the role of the biceps and shoulder stability. We talk about using both open and closed kinetic chain exercises, and we talk about internal and external cueing. The Ask Mike Reynolds Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. I am here up at Champion PT and Performance up in Boston. Uh, we're gonna hear, we're gonna be here answering some of your awesome questions. Keep keep them coming, you guys. Every time we we log on to look at the list of questions, we're impressed with all the great questions you guys are doing. So anything rehab, fitness, sports performance, baseball. Uh, what do you What do you want, Dan? What do you What do you want? Dan just wants CrossFit, weightlifting. Yeah, good. I like it. What do you want, Len? Uh, I want weightlifting so I can help Dan. I like it. Good. What, what do you guys want? I, lo- I like the baseball questions. Mike, Skid, Skid likes the baseball Maybe questions. a golf question. What? Oh. Golf question. You might be in store. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's not, not on this episode. Uh, awesome. I'm up here. Lenny McCrina, Dan Pope. We're here answering your questions. Dave Tilly's on sabbatical this time. Uh, so taking Lenny's place on sabbatical. Um, but no, we're here. We got Skid and what the from uh, from Northeastern and uh, Regis. If you guys know everybody's nicknames by right now, but Mike Scaduto from Northeastern and Keisha What the Heck from Regis University. <laughs> Still not. I don't. Know. It's. It's been a lot. Of, it's getting education. Yeah, we're we're not healthy up here in Boston. So, all right, let's get it rolling. What do we got for questions? Get Keisha. What do we got? Sorry. All right, Simon from Australia says, "Hi guys, thanks for supporting this field with your continuing conversation. I am a sports and rehab focused chiropractor in Australia." I would like to know your thoughts on the specific role of the long head of the biceps on shoulder stability. I wondered if you had any specific exercises to improve this mechanism in low grade one and two slap tears. And also if perhaps activation of this mechanism is playing a role in creating stability in prone eyes as much as activation of the lower trap does. Hmm, okay. Eyes are wise? Wise. Wise. (laughs) I like it. I just—I had a hunch. <laughs> that sounds like. Uh, Can you read the question again. All right. So, so the, the role of the long head of the biceps. Yeah. What's the role of the long head of the biceps in shoulder stability? In not, shoulder stability. not, not in the world. Gotcha. Just in shoulder stability. What do you got, Len? What do you think? Well, I, I think we don't necessarily know. At least uh, we think we know, but we don't know. Um, we tried to look at this in Birmingham, and we struggled. Hey, we couldn't get the IRB to approve it, but. Long story short, we think it helps to depress the humeral head. Um, We know if we cut it and we try to have a baseball player go back to throwing, particularly pitching, they struggle immensely. Um, Most that I've seen never really get back to the prior form, not to bring baseball back in, but that's my my comfort zone. Um, To work on stability, thinking biceps in my head, 
we know the biceps is a supinator first. So uh, elbow flexion, secondary, uh, glenohumeral, a humeral depression, probably secondary or tertiary. Uh, I'm a more of a cuff guy, so I'm going to work on cuff stuff to work on dynamic stability. But the long hair of the biceps will obviously do something. What it is, again, I don't know if we know that, and I don't yeah. know how to answer that particularly if you thinking I can isolate long head of the biceps. Oh, and the question is too, is it, does it help? So let's, let's take a big step back. Does it help stabilize the shoulder? And the answer is yes. Yeah. I think so. It ca- crosses the joint. Ca- yeah, yeah. Cadaveric studies have shown that. They've shown mm-hmm. that if you dissect the biceps out, you have uh, increased play in your shoulder, increased humeral head elevation. Like Lenny said, it helps depress it a little bit. Um, so, so we know it helps stabilize. The question is, does it help it stabilize statically? Or dynamically, right. right? Is it a dynamic stabilizer or a static stabilizer just by being there? Right. Uh, we do also know that a tight bicep, or or I should let me let me start over. We do know that the long head of the biceps can restrict external rotation at at, at ninety degrees in this position. So theoretically, tightness of the biceps, something like that, could cause that and could cause slap tears too. By the way, but um, so so we know we know it's involved. So I I really don't know if it's active or like a dynamic stabilizer or a static stabilizer so we personally don't treat it we don't we don't we, we do soft tissue to assure that biceps has good pliability and mobility but I don't think we necessarily say we want to enhance the dynamic stability that the biceps contributes um, I almost wonder if it's more static um, so I, I think that answers that Dan anything else from your perspective well, I guess the, the big part is how do you how do you work that clinically you know it's like well do I need to do bicep curls maybe not but maybe all the rhythmic stabilizers stabilization stuff we're doing, all the dynamic cuff work is actually targeting the biceps when right. you realize it. So. Yeah, and of, of course it is. That, that makes right. sense. So I guess we, technically we are. That's a good point. We're focusing maybe more on cuff, but of course the biceps right. is going to be involved. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess that makes more sense. Uh, to go to your other question, you said type 1, type 2. Type 1, it's still attached. So, you know, mm-hmm. I think moot point in there. Type 2, it's already detached, so moot point. Right. <laughs> you know, so I, I, don't, I, don't know if, I don't know if that matters. And then your whole question on the why, I, I, I'm not sure. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not 100% sure on its contribution during a pro and why. Yeah. But, you know, I would just say the biceps is involved in shoulder stability. I'd say it's involved, but we know a lot about the back of the shoulder with the pro and why with you know low traps and, and supraspinatus and your external rotators are all highly uh, engaged EMG wise I don't know if I've ever seen anything for biceps I yeah I mean biceps helps stability during that exercise just like it does during everything else it yeah. helps keep the humeral head depressed and right. you know whatever had a better so, answer. yeah awesome all right what do we got skid Nate from Wisconsin do you feel it's safe to perform open chain quad strengthening leg extensions post micro fracture post meniscus repair I'm also still reluctant to do leg extensions after ACL surgery, at least from 40 to zero degrees. Any guidelines on when and how heavy to load? I usually focus on closed chain strength, but some people have such persistent quad atrophy and leg extensions would be a great option as long as they do no harm. Thanks. Awesome. Okay, so the open closed chain debate again. Um, you know, do do we do open chain knee extension? You said we said what meniscal repair, microfracture, and yep. ACL. Dan, what do you do? Well, I think uh, this has been researched, right? I think people try to figure that out. So I think it's like past eight weeks, it's shown to be safe to do leg extensions with these patients, not causing a ton of stress on that. 
Um, the load that you're putting through the ACL is not too much compared to things like running, jumping, changing direction. Um, yeah, so I think that you probably can do that. You know, whether or not you need to do it, who knows? Depends on the individual. So yeah. I might uh, have someone who's having some persistent quad atrophy do some leg extension exercises, but you could also pick closed chain exercises to target the quad a bit more too. So it uh, depends on what the athlete's trying to get back to, um, and I'd probably just develop a program that's going to be quad dominant from a closed chain and open chain perspective. Yeah, so you definitely you integrate both, right? Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I don't know why you wouldn't necessarily integrate both. I think a lot of people are scared of open chain knee extension, but I don't know. Len, what do you do? Yeah, I definitely do both. I think there was a whole debate that was, oh, we got to be functional, closed chain, or weight-bearing type exercises. I think the pendulum is shifting back uh, to normal, <laughs> what I think would be normal in that you incorporate both safely. To answer your question... Microfracture. I'd be cautious if they were doing a microfracture on the patellofemoral joint versus point. on the distal uh, femoral condyle or femoral condyle. So, if it's a patellofemoral thing, I would be cautious just because of the amount of stress on the patellofemoral joint. Symptomatic wise, keep an eye on that. Swelling symptoms of pain, um, but definitely I, I load it open chain wise with knee extension for. Microfracture. I load it for a meniscal repair, uh, unless it's an anterior horn, which is not as common as posterior horn. And then um, ACL, definitely, um, like Dan said, there's more stress on the ACL, we think, with going down steps, with running, with jumping, than doing a knee extension. Do I still do 90-40s? I do. I wait a little, but I think it's probably safe if we did a full extension. Yeah, I think the research is showing it's the stra- there is strain. So if you're trying to right. reduce strain completely, right. then obviously you'd avoid it. But like Lenny and Dan are mentioning, the strain is probably equivalent to what they're just doing around the house anyway. So we're probably doing that. I do know that it, it does increase linearly with the more load. So if you're going to do it, obviously just be gradual with your 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 loading, right? So if you, you do some stuff. But um, I'm, a, I'm a big believer we have to do isolated strengthening exercises. I, I think just doing multi-joint and compound exercises sometimes... Uh, is part of like why people have this prolonged atrophy you know sometimes we need some isolated uh, strengthening as well so yeah awesome all right Keisha what do we got Aaron from San Antonio hey guys I've recently seen a lot of research encouraging the use of external cueing instead of internal cueing how do you tend to use cueing during rehab especially with common shoulder problems like hiking with overhead motion I like it. So internal versus external cueing, which is uh, big in the coaching world right now. Dan, what do you, what do you, what do you, I like how the question was, you get it with the coaching world. Yeah. Do you do it in rehab? Oh, man. Um, so this is interesting because I've read some of this literature. i got to say, I think cueing is very individual, right? We're always trying to rack our brain for the best cue um, that kind of fits what the research shows. But a lot of times you pick a certain cue, like, I don't know, for squatting, when you say knees out, a lot of times it's like that. You just fix that person's motion. And it may not be the best cue what the literature shows. At the same time is that a lot of times you will fix someone pretty quickly. I think that you just have to find the right cue for that individual, you know? So from a rehab perspective, I think it's the same thing. I think a lot of times when you're choosing cueing, you want to choose something that the person can understand. So I don't like the whole cueing of like, oh, flex your TFL. No one knows how to flex your TFL. Um, but if you can kind of poke on that area, uh, give them some tactile feedback, or say press up into my hand, or whatever cue that person needs, I think it's probably going to be the best for that person. Um, I'm aware of the literature, but I, I'll use whatever cue. I'll use knees out, you know? Um, I don't like fire the glutes too much. It's not one of my favorites, but um, yeah, I just think mean fire the glutes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good example of a bad internal cue. There's, there's, there's some 
Yeah, I guess good and bad and everything. So, uh, Len, what do you do? Yeah, I mean, same thing. It's just you get a, you may think you get the best cue for this person, and they have no clue what you're trying to have, even though it's an external cue. So you just got to play around with the person. If you're trying to teach them a hip hinge, uh, you know, butt back, put them near a wall so they can feel the wall behind them. You just got to really play with the person. It's It can be a struggle for some people. Uh, can be, you know, motor morons, not really understand what you're trying to have them do. And as a rehab guy, PT or coach or whatever, it can be a little frustrating because you're trying to pull all these external cues out to, to what you think are, you know, going to be the one to get them, and people still don't get it. You really got to pull back and you stick with them. So. Yeah, maybe it's because we're, we're, we're doing very specific things in rehab, right? If you're talking about, like, like, like a jumping drill, Right then, you want to try to get them to develop power with an external cue, right? Like jump to the ceiling versus extend your knees, right? So I mean, that's very applicable. If you're trying to do like sideline external rotation, I don't think you know externally rotate to the ceiling or anything. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I I think there's you know different places for internal and, and external cues, right? So you know, good question and good that you're thinking that. I I would say I always kind of think of that. Like like when we do scapular retraction based things, I do say, hey, you know. Know, reach out, go grab, grab that thing on the other side of the room. Go grab Lenny's shoulder, and then pull back for me, right? So, like, we do it. We, we incorporate it at times, like when we think it's appropriate. But yeah. I, there's definitely times for both. I guess is yeah. a good way to say it. Just kind of run down a list in my head. I got my go-to's. It usually works <laughs> first time. That doesn't work. I go two, three, four, and just try to use the one that works the best. But you're gonna find people that you're like going through the whole list. I'm like, oh my god, this we're just not putting it together. <laughs> right. But I just be patient, keep trying things. <laughs> right. And to, to get to your last point, I think this is the important one here. Somebody with like a shoulder shrug. In rehab, oftentimes there's an orthopedic issue why they can't do things. So using your shoulder shrug as an example, you could tell them all day, like, hey, like, you know, reach for the sky, right? Like, <laughs> they don't need to, an external cue is not going to fix an internal pathology, right, if that makes sense. That's, that sounded tweetable. Yeah. I think we should tweet that. So, you know, it's just, just reaching up to the sun isn't going to necessarily help somebody that has adhesive capsulitis or a rotator cuff tear, that type of thing. So, you know, you, you got to kind of keep that in mind i guess so that's it good that's three (laughs) awesome well thank you so much i appreciate you guys joining us again go to mikerinald.com click on that podcast link keep asking away go to itunes rate review anything you can do and we will see you guys on that next episode thanks so much for listening to the podcast if you have a question you'd like us to answer head to mikerinald.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeReynolds.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.